it's amazing that people think they can turn up in a new market and do a deal. 78% of Australian businesses plan to enter a new overseas market this year. How do you get your company and your team internationally capable? Welcome to Insight Edge, the podcast all about leadership from the Australian Institute of Management. My name's Kirsten Lees. This week, we're looking at trade delegations. What should you expect? Do they deliver? And how do you prepare? We talk to BRIC and China expert David Thomas, CEO of Think Global. One of my call to actions is if you've never been to China, just go. David has been facilitating business relationships between developed and emerging countries in various capacities for 30 years. He's led a number of trade delegations into Asia with a special focus on China. We asked David, do trade delegations deliver for small and medium-sized businesses? I do actually have quite a strong view about trade delegations. A hell of a lot of time and resources wasted on this because for political reasons. Because on the Australian side and on the foreign side, you know, governments and ministers and they want to look good. So the way to look good is to take a trade delegation because it makes the minister or the prime minister look like he's you know, in charge of the business community. Um, but the reality is that the people coming on those trade delegations often don't get a, a lot out of it because they're sort of in the slipstream, really. That, you know, that it's all about the ministers and the government-to-government stuff. And so smaller people, particularly small business, gets very little out of it. And I think there's a lot of time and effort and resources spent trying to persuade people to go on these missions, but actually they're not really achieving very much. What do you think people should do instead? Well, I think people should go on more targeted trade missions. So, for example, um, I was involved in leading a mission of citrus growers to China, and we had uh, 23 people on that mission. And we were there with a very specific purpose. We, we did a, a trade show in Beijing and in, in Shanghai and uh, Guangzhou. We met with a whole lot of importers and uh, uh, supermarket chains and, and people in the distribution space in the fruit industry in China. Now, I, you know, from my perspective, everybody got value out of that. And some people actually did some deals out of that. But it was extremely focused and extremely targeted, and one industry association was running it. And that, that's how I think you do a trade mission. If my small business is looking at expanding overseas, what's the right moment in kind of my business cycle to go for it? As early as possible, because I, th I think it's a great way uh, at a relatively low cost to um, go and put your toe in the market and you know, meet people and, and um, you know, understand it and learn about it and go and meet the right people because you know trade missions generally can get more access than individuals because you know if you're if you're part of an organized mission you can normally open doors that you can't normally open on your own so i think i think as soon as as early as possible people should be getting into foreign markets and and going on trade missions and learning and meeting and networking and and researching the market i think it's a great way to do it provided you know it's it's targeted Companies you take overseas, like they must have a huge range of expectations. Like, do they expect to come back with, you know, their first deal or someone they can trust? What What are they looking for? Well, they well they they probably do think that, but I I spend a lot of time counselling them about that because, um, you know, you you wouldn't expect to go into a new market and come away with a deal. The best you can hope for, really, is to meet 
people, meet the right kind of people. So you, you've got, uh, you're starting to develop a, a network, and learn about the market and understand it better, and you know, research the pricing, the volumes, the opportunity. You know, understand it better, and of course, just spending time on the ground, you 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 get to you know touch and feel the the opportunity and the vibe and the the environment. You know, this is all really important, and nobody could expect to do any more than that on a first visit. It's ama- it's amazing that people think they can turn up in a new market and do a deal. You know, my mission is to try and get everybody to spend time overseas and you know get out of their domestic market and get into overseas markets. I think everyone should do that. From people going on their holidays, you know, I I, I spend a lot of time in my when I go around the, the country speaking about China. One of my call to actions is if you've never been to China, just go, just get on a plane and go take a backpack and. And just get in the market, you know, just wander around. That's obviously totally untargeted, but I just think it's very hard to understand anything when you're sitting here. Um, Australia is a very unique country. You know, we have a, a very high, you know, very high quality of life here, a very um, highly regulated and uh, organised kind of place. And um, I think many Australians find overwhel- find overseas markets quite overwhelming and and go through a ma- major culture shock. So the sooner you start that process, the better. And I think a trade mission, a trade mission is a is a is a well organised way to do that. Because um, quite apart from getting access to sort of you know high quality people in that foreign market, you also get to spend some time with other Australians who are going through the same process themselves. And that often um, you know creates some good relationships back here too. The longer you spend in a market, the least you think you understand and the more you feel you really need to get under the covers and, and work it out properly. Okay. But that, that's meant that for most people, that, that they never get to that point. Describe a mission that you would take overseas. Well, I, because I'm not a prime minister <laughs> or a government, I, I have to persuade people that they're going to get some value out of it. Otherwise, they won't spend the money and the time. So, um, my when I take a trade mission, it's very much designed to meet the requirements of my delegates, who are effectively my clients. So, I have to, I make sure I understand exactly what they're trying to achieve, exactly what how they will measure success, exactly what their expectations are. Of course, sometimes I have to manage those. When I put a mission together, it's very much in in my mind to try and achieve what they're looking for. Now, of course, that's not always possible, but that's my starting point. Then, of course, having understood that, I then designed the program, which via my overseas connections, um, to make sure that I can get them in front of the right kinds of people. And that normally involves putting a, a delegate booklet together, so with, with profiles on all the delegates, and sending them to my connections in, in China or in Hong Kong, wherever we're going, um, to start preparing them and explaining to them why they should meet these people. Most people are comfortable leaving on a Sunday, coming back on a Saturday. So everything's got to be done between Monday and Friday. Uh, I think get, getting people away for more than a week is very difficult, and less than a week is not really worth it. How might that time be divided? Yeah, I'd say you know every day there'll be business-related activities and some cultural experiences, uh, including you know deal, dinners and meals and things with, with you know with with locals. But I've learned that if you if you if you have too much free time, people say. Oh, you know, there's too much free time. I need, I've got to convince my boss that I should go, and I don't want him to see that there's all this free time. Um, and then, of course, at the end of it, they say, we were far too busy. I wish we'd had more free time. <laughs> um, 
another issue is is getting is preparing our people to go on these missions because a lot of people they you know they've got an overseas trip and they basically start thinking about it the day before they leave um I think it's just the nature of business these days. Everyone's just focused on the here and now, and very few people think ahead very much. Um, but, you know, obviously, um, people need a bit of time to prepare themselves, in, including having, you know, a well-developed document, you know, leave behind in the local language, which explains what they do and makes sure the per- person they're going to meet is, takes something away from it that is of value and will, will reinforce what they're doing. And that seems pretty obvious to everyone when you say it, but you'll be surprised how many people don't ever get around to doing that. And do you do people know in advance who they're going to be meeting? Usually we, we put out an itinerary beforehand, yes, yes. So there's an opportunity, presumably, for the people going on the mission to research who those people are so that they tailor their conversations in advance? They could. That's, that's never happened in my experience. Um, <laughs> But yes, they could. Um, if, if they could, I mean, part of the challenge always is is everything kind of comes together a bit as it's towards the end of the process. So sure. sometimes you, 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 whilst you've got a high level itinerary, that some of the detail is still being sorted out, you know, in the week or so before you leave. So it is. It sometimes is difficult to release the kind of detailed information you would need to do the research properly. But, you know, in theory, it, sh- it should be part of the process. As I said, I, in my experience, no one's ever done that. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe to be the first to listen to future episodes and to catch up on some of the other podcasts we've done, including interviews with Leanne Kemp, startup entrepreneur, Mike Hanley, head of digital from the World Economic Forum, David Hall, Qantas executive and Jetstar CEO, Louise Robinson, CEO of the Nambucca Heads at Local Aboriginal Land Council, Alex Christie from Lendlease, Peter Hall, the founder of Hunter Hall, and Wendy Johnston, Salesforce vice president of marketing for the Asia Pacific. This has been another episode of Inside Edge with me, Kirsten Lees. You can read more about leadership from the Australian Institute of Management at leadershipmatters.com.au. Let us know what you think by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a review or get in touch via email research at aim.com.au. My name's Kirsten Lees. (laughs) 